Good afternoon, and welcome in to a uh, day after post loons due to the late start last night. Uh, didn't think, didn't know how many viewers we would get at 1 a.m. on a Saturday night slash Sunday morning. So we pushed back post loons a little bit here to high noon on Sunday. And if you're tuning in, thank you so much uh, for doing so. Uh, we are going to get to the match itself in just a few minutes. Minnesota United's 1 0 away win at Portland. Big win for Minnesota United. Um, and of course, we're presented by our good friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. Go check them out, nightstreetmpls.com. Tell you more about them in just a little bit, too. But obviously, we need to start with the biggest takeaway from the match, which is unfortunately. An alleged, uh, uh, an allegation of abusive and discriminatory comments made by a Minnesota United player towards Portland's Diego Chara. And so that's going to be where we start. I do not want to gloss over this. I do not want to uh, not give this, not not address it, right? I don't want it to seem like I am, I am you know, ignoring this or glossing over this in any means. We are going to compartmentalize this from the rest of the talking points, which are going to be about the match. Now, the alleged Minnesota United player, Franco Fragapane, is the one who made these comments towards Diego Chara. So after we discuss this incident, I will not be addressing him specifically for the rest of this as it pertains to the match. Um, I do not, because he was an influential player in the match, and I do not want to necessarily you know, sing his praises uh, on the stream if uh, if these allegations indeed are true. Um, if you are tuning in, feel free to leave a question, comments on the match last night, whether it's this incident or the match itself. Uh, feel free to leave that in the chat, whether you are watching on YouTube or Periscope Twitter. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, feel free to give us a thumbs up as well. That's huge for, uh, you know, it, it lets YouTube know that you like us by hitting that thumbs up. And so they'll, you know, show our content to more people and we'll be more featured on YouTube if you do that. But we're going to start where we need to. And that is the uh, 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 alleged abusive and uh, discriminatory comments made by a Minnesota United player. It has come out that that player is uh, Franco Fragapane. Um, so we're going to start with what happened. In the 65th minute, there was a stoppage last night. Um, and obviously, it was, wasn't was really clear why when it happened. But uh, Portland head coach Gino Severice said after the match in his post-game press conference that stoppage was due to abusive and discriminatory comments made by Franco Fragapane towards Diego Chara. Um, there was... Uh, there was... Uh, it, he said it was disappointed with how it was handled on the field as well. Um, he was disappointed that that action was not taken there on the field by the by the officials and by the league uh, toward Fragapane. Um, and MLS has come out this morning and said that there is an investigation, that they have launched an investigation into this, and they have uh, zero tolerance for abusive and offensive language. That's a direct quote from their press release this morning. Now, um, Adrian Heath, in his post-game press conference, came out and said that he spoke to the alleged player, which is Fragapane, um, and he denies the allegations. He says he did not say anything of that nature to Chara in that incident. Um, and so he said he's going to back his player in that, which is, you know, as a head coach, that's a tough position to be in. Do you back your player or, or not? Um, head coaches usually lean towards backing their own player, especially when we're in such early stages in this. So that is currently where we are. now. 
I am not in a position and I don't think uh, we are in a position to necessarily draw conclusions on this or, uh, you know, try to try to get to a place where we are assuming what happened here. But that goes both ways. Savarise and Chara have have zero reason to lie about or embellish this particular situation, right? What do they have to gain from that? Nothing. So we shouldn't assume that this is false or that there was some sort of miscommunication, that something was misheard, mistranslated. We shouldn't assume that either. But I am not going to come on here and, and try to draw conclusions or try to make assumptions. If this is true, if these allegations are true, MLS needs to back and 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 really put weight behind that zero tolerance policy that they have come out and said that they have in this press release. We have zero tolerance for abusive and offensive language. If this is true, they need to back that up. They need to come out and at the very, very least, the suspension, at most, he needs to be removed from the team and removed from the league. If this is these allegations are true. The investigation is ongoing. MLS has said the investigation is already uh, has already started, um, and they will have more. I don't know how long this will take, uh, but that is currently where we are. Any questions, comments on that or the game itself, please drop those in the chat on YouTube or Twitter. I would uh, be happy to answer those. But as far as kind of my thoughts and my discussion on that, that is where that is going to end as it pertains to the incident. Andy Grader from the Pioneer Press Jerry Zagoda from the Star Tribune all have updated stories on this on those particular websites. Or if, if you're a subscriber or you want to be a subscriber to either or both of those, um, you can get all the information you need there. But that is currently where we are. And that is really, since that's all the information we have, that's really all I can say on this incident. Alleged incident, I should say. So uh, we're going to move on now and talk about the game. Um, I will get to any questions or comments regarding the situation throughout the stream if you want to leave those. But um, we're going to move on. Now, again, not glossing over this, not ignoring this, right? Uh, but we are not going to go out of our way to address that now moving forward as we discuss the game. We want to. I want to compartmentalize that from the rest of the discussion, which is going to be about the game. Um, and as far as the alleged player goes for Minnesota United, I am not going to really address him in the game. He did get the assist on the goal, that the goal in the, in the second minute, that is the last, you know, that's all I'm, I'm going to say. Um, so it was a hot one in Portland last night. <laughs> I mean, uh, one of the most jarring things that I think I heard from the broadcast was that the players were actually uh, given the opportunity to wear insoles on their shoes because the turf is so hot it could actually melt the bottom of the shoe and basically the player's feet would be on fire during the match that to me is crazy <laughs> like when it's that hot why not postpone the match right if it's that hot and the conditions are that bad, why not just postpone it to the, you know, a, a later portion of the season when maybe it's a little bit nicer and you could actually have a full capacity crowd if you're Portland. But um, either way, a big away win for Minnesota United, 1-0. That goal coming in the second minute off the foot of Adrian Unu. Um, and he's rolling, right? This team is rolling. This squad is rolling right now. Six straight unbeaten, right? After that 0-4 start, 
They have not lost since. Um, some away wins there as well, away points. Uh, so that's that's huge for their playoff positioning and for where they are uh, going to end up. Uh, Rockington 42 says guessing investigation will have similar outcome as the Timbers LAFC incident a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, that is kind of a precedent, but also we things have changed since then, right? I mean, we I think, um, you know, the 2020, one of the big things that taught us is that that this, these situations need to be addressed and maybe handled a little bit more seriously and with a little bit more um, severity, uh, especially if they're still happening, right? So, yes, that is a precedent to look at. But also, I, I think the way these situations are handled has really changed over the last couple of years. Um, but moving back now to the match itself, um, right off the bat, Minnesota United scores, Adrian Nunu, right? So you're up 1-0. I mean, if you're watching the match starting at 1030, maybe you're a little bit tired as I was. That goal was as good as an espresso, espresso shot. I tell you what, it gets you up, gets you going, um, and got Minnesota United rolling too. They could have easily been up 2-0, 3-0 at half, right? So that is uh, that was a huge sort of tone setter for Minnesota United. Um, so let's get into our three things here as it pertains to the match. The first thing, uh, I want to address Tyler Miller specifically. Tyler Miller has been nothing short of incredible since taking over the starting role. Uh, Dane was fantastic, taking nothing away from what Dane St. Clair did. He was awesome at the end portion of last season and the early part of this season as well. But it's really hard to argue with the switch, given the quality we've seen between the posts from Tyler Miller this season so far. When you look at the stats, he is number one in the league in save percentage. Number one. He has a 90% save percentage this season, does Tyler Miller. Tops in the league. In that category, if you look at save percentage as kind of your indicator, which a lot of people do, Tyler Miller has been the best goalie and best goalkeeper in MLS this season. That is awesome. Uh, number two, and I thought about whether or not to keep this in, to be honest. I didn't know if we should keep this in considering what happened, but I do think I, you can take this and apply it differently than, than what happened in the 65th minute during the game last night. My second thing is this team has an edge and it's not afraid to sort of embrace that chippiness that inevitably happens uh, in, within a match um, and not afraid to sort of stand their ground. Again, should never go the, the lengths that it did, allegedly did last night with Frego Fragapane and what he said to Diego Char. But the, the toughness and sort of the, you know, we're not going to take any, any crap from the other team and we're going to give it back. I mean, we see Michael Boxall in there a ton, kind of getting in the fray, right? Um, I think that edge is really something that has uh, been a little bit different from Minnesota United this season. But it's, it, for me, it's been good to see um, as long as it's appropriate and as long as it stays within the confines of the match and it does not go the lengths that, that we saw um, uh, you know, with the alleged incident between Franco Fragapane and Diego Chara. My third thing, just six matches after an 0-4 start, that 0-4 start, there was a ton of uncertainty. There was a ton of doubt. People were calling for Heath's job. He was on the hot seat. Let, let's 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 put that out there. Whatever you think about Adrian Heath, whether you're pro Heath, whether you're one of the Heath outers, whatever, he was on the hot seat. Anytime you start 0-4, that seat gets a little warm, right? Uh, so 
I think that's that's something that uh, you know when you're looking back on that 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 was the reality that that he was on the hot seat at that point. But now you go six matches unbeaten. This team's rolling right now, and as we mentioned on the last stream, you're getting Jan Gregish back, you're getting Robin Lewd back, you're getting Zuccarayala back, you're getting depth, and you, obviously you're getting quality in your starting eleven too. That is going to be another huge boost to a team that's already streaking right now. They're back in playoff positioning. They're currently, as it stands, in the fifth spot in the East. Or, excuse me, the West. East. The West. So, and they, it's not like they have a ton of games in hand, either. They have 10 matches. Uh, Colorado ahead of them has played 9, and then Houston behind them has played 11. So, that's an accurate depiction of where they stand in the Western Conference right now, in that fifth spot. That's crazy to think about. Just six matches. After you go 0-4, you're in the fifth spot in the West. That's that's incredible. So those are my three things. If you have any big takeaways on the match itself, feel free to drop those in the chat. Lucen Pippenhagen says five straight unbeaten against Portland. I did not know that, but that's incredible. You talk, you think about Portland, right? Portland Timbers, one of the, the really the, the flag bearers of MLS. Going to Portland as well. Five straight against unbeaten. That's at least two. Yeah, the last two times they've gone into Portland, they've won, right? The the very first match of the 2020 season, pre-COVID, they went in there. I believe they won 3-1. And then you tonight get, or tonight, last night, get the 1-0 win. That's tough to do, to go into Portland and win just once alone, but twice in two seasons and five straight unbeaten. I think the U.S. Open Cup final a couple years ago was was in there as well. Portland's a quality team. They're a, they're a perennial playoff team, if not a perennial, you know, top of the West type team, top tier in the West. And you've gone five straight unbeaten against them. That's a, that's a great shout, Lucas. Thank you for that. And that, again, kind of in a microcosm shows uh, that uh, Minnesota United themselves, obviously, are one of the top teams. Um, in the West. Um, if like uh, Brockington 42 and like Lucen Pipenhagen, if you have Lucas Pipenhagen, Lucen, Lucas Pipenhagen, if you guys have, if you uh, have a question or a comment just like them, go ahead and drop that in the chat. I'll be happy to get to it. But let's get into these game notes here. As we said, second minute, the fastest goal in Minnesota United history. Adrian Unu puts it in the back of the net. Um, just obviously a quality signing, a very quality signing. We kind of knew coming in that he was going to be an impact forward. For Minnesota United, and he has been just that. Um, and it, it does not surprise me at all that he scored the fastest goal in Minnesota United history because he is that type of impact player. Um, the other two fastest were both in the fifth minute, uh, 2019, Darren Quintero, 2018, Christian Ramirez. Um, so this uh by three minutes in the second minute, um, uh, Adrian Unu kind of notching that. And as you work your way through the first half here a ton of other chances for Minnesota United too. Like they could have easily, as we mentioned earlier, been up 2-0, 3-0 at half. Maybe should have at least been up 2-0. Dotson to Hunu to Reynoso. Uh, Reynoso fires a low shot wide. He was very, very frustrated with himself after that. Definitely didn't catch it the way he wanted there in the sixth minute. Seventh minute, Nico Hansen gets space in the box to fire a shot at the far post just off target. Uh, Nico Hansen has been somebody who... I'm seeing a lot of, honestly, mixed reviews from Nico Hansen when I look at Minnesota United Twitter, but I, I don't necessarily see see the downside in Nico Hansen personally. Um, he has been in that front four. He's been an impact piece uh, 
within that. Like, I don't think you can necessarily just look at who knew and Reynoso and say, you know, okay, yep, these guys, these are it. No, Nico Hansen has been part of that and been part of that success and been a main uh, focal point of what Minnesota United has been able to do in the attack these last two or three matches. So the, and I, I see a lot of people kind of maybe downplaying Hansen a little bit, sort of uh, saying that he, you know, is, is guaranteed to sit the bench when load comes back. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with that to a point. I do think that starting right wing spot is Robin loads to lose, but at the same time, Nico Hansen has played himself into a very favorable position. And I don't necessarily think that it's 100% that Robin Lode is guaranteed that spot for the rest of the season. If load falls off, I think it's kind of like a Dane St. Clair situation. Dane St. Clair for as well as he did made one mistake and he gets uh, benched in favor of Tyler Miller, right? I think we're kind of there with, I think this is kind of the situation with Robin Lode. You have a, a quality piece behind him and Nico Hansen. So when Lode comes back, yeah, I do expect him to start, but I don't expect it to be locked in for the rest of the season that way. If Lode experiences some sort of downturn in quality, I think Nico Hansen has played himself to a point where he would, uh, where he, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Adrian Heath went to him for starting after that. So, and at the very least, I think he, uh, you know, aside from situations where Hassani Dotson is coming off the bench, I think Nico Hansen has played himself to a position where he is the highest impact sub that Minnesota United has when the loons become full, fully healthy or fully at full strength when these uh, international players come back. So that's where I'm at with Nico Hansen. Uh, but moving on here, Diego Valeri tries to chip one past Miller in the 12th minute. This was a indicator <laughs> of how things were going to go uh, defensively for Minnesota United all night long. Diego Valeri, Diego Valeri, Diego Valeri, uh, just chance after chance after chance all night. That first one in the seventh minute, uh, nice little chip, uh, but uh, just off target. Um, in the 33rd minute, that's where we experienced kind of our first bit of chippiness in the match. Gasper gets hit in the chest, and then Hunu gets shoved out of bounds. So, uh, you know, things getting a little hot, obviously, with the, uh, you know, near 100-degree temperatures. Uh, things were going to get uh, a little bit hot under the collar, you know, literally and figuratively. Um, so not surprised to see that. And obviously Minnesota United kind of bounced back and sort of, uh, you know, uh, solidified their toughness in other ways as well. Uh, 45th minute, or excuse me, stoppage time in the first half. Valer rips a shot from outside the box, absolutely freezes Miller, but ends up just wide of goal. This probably should have been the equalizer for Portland if we're being honest, uh, but man, there's a whisker wide and Miller just completely frozen like that. That was my, my heart stopped. I stopped breathing. <laughs> like it was, uh, that was, that was scary, but uh, loons go, do go into half and you're feeling pretty good. If you're a Minnesota United fan up one nil, you had plenty of opportunities. Obviously Portland had a couple as well from Valeri, but overall you're feeling good. And then the second half starts. Holy cow, was this sort of white knuckle holding your breath basically the entire time if you're a Minnesota United fan because this was an absolute onslaught in the second half from Portland. 
46th minute, Eric Williamson finds space to cut inside in the box, but his right-footed shot goes wide. 50th minute, Valerian Williamson, both with golden opportunities to level the match, but one shot goes wide and another is blocked. 52nd minute, Steve Clark, goalkeeper for Portland, makes a really nice save from Unua at close range, and he was not done. Just two minutes later, in the 54th, one of the best saves, one of the best saves I've ever seen, first of all, but also, this is a top two or top three save in MLS this season. Clark denies Nico Hansen. Hansen gets in in a one-on-one situation. Pretty good shot, too. I mean, off the foot, it looks like it's going out of the reach of Clark. But somehow, he's able to lean back and just get a fingertip on it to push it wide. Ridiculous. Incredible. Like, I, my jaw was on the floor when that save happened. My goodness. And that, uh, that kept Portland in it. Uh, 59th minute, you get Ethan Finley on for Nico Hansen. And uh, I, I really like Ethan Finley coming on as a second-half sub. Um, I, I think that kind of 60th minute mark is a good spot for him to come into. Um, again, I feel like the, 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 the spark he just brings off the bench, he is such a hustler. Like he is such an effort type player that when you, if you can put him in the second half and give him a half hour of run, he is going to give you 110% everything he's got for that time. And he is going to make an impact in the game. We saw it against Dallas, Minnesota. One of the reason reasons you left that Dallas game thinking Minnesota United should have won that and got three points is because Ethan Finley helped create so many quality chances in the second half. So coming in here in the 59th minute, you know, you th- you're thinking only positive things for Minnesota United. I really think he has become and should continue to be that high-impact sub for Minnesota United moving forward. Uh, 61st minute, despite being on the back foot for most of the second half, Minnesota United does get a golden opportunity here. Reynoso finds who knew, nearly doubles the lead, but finds the side netting. That was uh, That was the best chance Minnesota United had in the second half. Um, after that, they seem to really park the bus. Um, 63rd minute, Williamson, a beautiful cross, just a gorgeous cross, and Abobasi puts it off the crossbar. I believe there were three occasions in this match where Portland put it off the poster crossbar. Uh, it was just one of those matches for them. I can't imagine being a Portland fan where you're talking about what actually happened on the field in the match itself. You know, after that match, you're like, how did we not put at least get get one how do we not put one across right and obviously minnesota united fans just breathing a sigh of relief when that final whistle blew um 84th minute uh bravo fires from distance shot goes off the post uh, but before that in the 80th minute two big chances for portland uh Asprilla's shot ends up in the uh ends up in a corner kick and Tuiloma heads it just wide so again if you're minnesota united you are really kind of scraping by at this point late in the match Two subs, 85th minute, Agadello on for Unu. 90th minute, Coleman on for Fragapane. Uh, and Alonzo on for Reynoso. Uh, then in stoppage time, you're, you're, if you're in stoppage time as a Minnesota United fan, it's it's major white-knuckle situation, right? I mean, just the, the onslaught continued. Loons completely parking the bus on their heels in a major way. And yet somehow when the final whistle blows, it ends up in a 1-0 win for Minnesota United. Incredible result for Minnesota United. Um, the back line held for the most part. Obviously, you get pretty lucky with uh, the post and crossbar, uh, withstanding all those situations, shots going wide for Portland. But all in all, when you leave 
Portland. 1-0 win, three points. Six matches now unbeaten. As a Minnesota United fan, you got to be feeling pretty good about that. Grant says, who is the most impactful sub for Minnesota United? Um, I would have to go with uh, Ethan Finley uh, because of just what he brings energy-wise to to Minnesota. Um, I think it's him. Also, Boxall played out of his mind. Yeah, they don't win that match. They don't get a point out of that match. They don't, you know, <laughs> they don't they don't get even a point, let alone three, out of that match if if Michael Boxall doesn't play his normal Michael Boxall way. Um, they are enjoy Michael Boxall while you have him, right? If you're a Minnesota United fan, like you really need to be grateful that he is on this team and uh, is you're experiencing this quality in a Minnesota United uniform. If you're Minnesota United, because um, he is just, he's been incredible during his entire tenure with Minnesota United. And again, last night was just a little microcosm of, of what we saw of, of, of that, I guess of that quality. Um, first choice center back to replace box all. I am going to go with Raitala. I think um, Debassi and Raitala um, at, at center back is probably who I'm going to go with. Um, if it's a situation where they don't want to put Raitala at left center back, maybe you bring Roman Metinair into that right center back position and you put Hassani Dotson on the, at right back. Um, or maybe they maybe they change up the... the um, the formation completely. Who knows? Aaron Sarginian said, what do you do with each of the players come back from international duty? I think you start Robin Lode. But again, I think that leash is really short with the play. I think Nico Hansen has put himself in a really solid position to, uh, you know, make it interesting and continue to push Robin Lode in practice. So um, I think you start Robin Lode. Jan Gregush is interesting. That's an interesting situation because I do think that in the 4-2-3-1, I think Trap and Dotson is a really good pairing, actually. I think it's no secret that over the last few matches when we've seen that, it's been really favorable for Minnesota United. Um, I think it allows Dotson to play more of the traditional six, and it allows Trap to play more his traditional free-roaming eight type role. Trap showed a couple matches ago he can play that traditional six where he's dropping back, but he really does prefer to free roam and read the play and kind of go with what the what the match gives him in that eight role. So I think Dotson at the six, Trap at the eight, that to me is my ideal defensive midfield pairing right now. But if 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 it is Gregush and and Trap or Gregush and Dotson, you know, I'm not going to necessarily be surprised and complain either. But uh, that's where I would go. And then Raitala, I think he's your first choice option off the bench at center back. Um, if it were me, I would he would be the one to replace Michael Boxall at at right center back uh, when Boxall leaves for the Olympics. Um, so that to me is what happens with those three guys who are coming back from international duty. Uh, with the week off, um, I did hear. Now this is not confirmed. I'm not reporting this, but I, I did hear that um, they could be back on next Saturday for the uh, San Jose match. So that's when we could be back at full strength if you're Minnesota United. Uh, Lucas Pippenhagen says, Juan Agadella seemed lazy when he came on. I was pretty disappointed in his effort. Yeah, you can definitely tell his age is is getting the best of him, I think. Um, he's not really looking very quick, very fast. Um, doesn't necessarily seem to 
to really, I'm, I don't want to question effort because I don't know where he is physically, but at the same time, he's just not making an impact. And he does look like he's moving very, very slow when he's on the pitch. Right. Um, so I think he's more of a, of like a holding, a holding nine type role when he's in, uh, you know, they don't expect him to put a ball in the back of the net. He's more there to maybe hold possession more than anything. That to me would be the only reason I think Juan Agudelo would be getting minutes. Um, if you have a question or comment on the match last night um, or on the uh, controversy that has happened afterward, you can feel free to drop that in the chat and I will address it uh, whether you're on YouTube or watching on Twitter. Thank you so much for watching, by the way. We're going at noon on a Sunday, 1228 now on a Sunday. Uh, I know you got a lot better things to do. I know that uh, the rain is holding off outside, so you may want to get outside and do something. Uh, but um, I think that uh, I think that last night was a match worth talking about, both on the field and obviously um, the events that happened off of it. Uh, Grant says, "Rate who news performance overall versus the Timbers." Um, if it weren't for Tyler Miller, he'd be my man of the match. Um, if you're looking for like a out of ten ranking. Uh, like they do on like foot mob and stuff, I would say probably a 7.8 in there. Um, he probably should have had two, maybe even a hat trick. Um, if we're being honest, uh, but he's, he's been solid. And I think that's really consistently where you can expect who knew to be in terms of quality, um, is, is right there. So, uh, you know, he's not somebody who I think is going to, you know, we're going to see him dip in quality at all. I don't think we're going to see him, you know, over a course of a season, everybody struggles a little bit, but I don't necessarily think you're going to see a ton of that with Adrian Hanu. I think the consistency is going to be something that, that Minnesota United really benefits from over the course of the season. Uh, so let's get into some big picture things here as we move. But before we do that, I got to let you know about our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. If you are in the Minneapolis, St. Paul metro area and you're into soccer, maybe you want to play soccer. Maybe maybe you're an avid pickup soccer player or maybe you're just looking to maybe, uh, you know, try out pickup soccer as a way to stay in shape, get in shape. Um, go with our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, rain or shine on a day like today, on a day like yesterday, you know, if it's if it's raining, if it's the, you know, if the elements are bad outside, you can go inside and play pickup over at Night Street. It's only $5 to play one time, but if you think you're going to play a lot, you can actually do a $35 unlimited pickup membership, which is really cool. Um, so you just go to nightstreetmpls.com to learn more about how to take advantage of that. And also, new lunchtime pickup. This to me is really cool. So if you're working from home, or maybe you work downtown or in the North Loop, or something like that, you're close to Night Street Soccer and Coffee, you can do a lunchtime pickup on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 12 p.m. So if you can maybe take an extended lunch break, you know, maybe make that pickup at Night Street your exercise for the day. Boom, your workout's done. You had some fun playing some soccer, and then you can move on, right? Um, that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. And uh, they do pick up right over at Ninth Street. So if you're interested in that, go to nightstreetmpls.com. They have coffee on the way. The coffee setup is not... It's not there yet, but uh, very, very soon I'm hearing that the coffee shop will be set up over at 9th Street. So again, 9thStreetMPLS.com. They also have Minnesota United watch parties for uh, for select away matches. Obviously, they weren't open at 10.30 p.m. last night for the Portland match, but uh, July 7th at Colorado is the next Minnesota United watch party. You can RSVP for that on their Facebook page as it, as it gets closer, or as always, you can just learn more about everything over at 9thStreetMPLS.com. My favorite part, though, about their watch parties that they always have 
some sort of food truck there. And they don't, they don't, uh, they, they, they have a certain standard of food truck that they will allow at these, uh, at these watch parties. Um, it's always high quality stuff. So again, learn more about Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee, NinthStreetMPLS.com, 801 South Ninth Street there in Minneapolis. Big thanks to Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee for being the sponsor of Post Loons. All right, I got to get this out down here. Boom. All right, again, comments on the match. Feel free to drop those in the chat um, on YouTube or on Twitter. Um, you can also give us a thumbs up on YouTube if you would like to uh, let us know that you like the content and let YouTube know that you like the content as well. All right, so big picture observations. This is the first time Minnesota United has scored in the first 15 minutes of the season. So not only is it the fastest goal in Minnesota United history in the second minute, it's the first time they've really gotten out on the front foot and set the tone right away. Um, and that was huge, obviously, with the elements being what they were last night and the situation being what it was with the late kickoff. You kind of wanted to get out on the front foot early and not be in a position where you're down or tied late in the match when it's 1230 Central time, right? You wanted to get on the front foot. That's exactly what they did. As we mentioned earlier, Tyler Miller has been incredible for Minnesota United. And right now, as it stands, he has the highest save percentage in MLS this season. 90% save percentage. You know how tough that is to do? Save nine out of every 10 shots that comes your way? That's crazy. But he is there better than Stefan Fry. Stefan Fry is right there in second. But uh, Tyler Miller has been better. Better than David Ochoa. You know, it's, you think of all the great goalkeepers that are in MLS. Tyler Miller has been better than all of them this season. If you look at save percentage as as your best indicator, and honestly, to me, I don't know what else you would look at as your best indicator. Uh, Tyler Miller has been the best goalkeeper for Minnesota United, or best goalkeeper in MLS this season so far. So obviously, he's my man of the match last night. Um, as Grant mentioned uh, earlier, that you know wanted me to rate who knew his performance. He was excellent, and if you're not going to take Tyler Miller as your man of the match, and then Adrian who knew is kind of that, that second pick there for me, but uh, Tyler Miller was excellent. Uh, I want to address the nine minutes of added time at the end of the match. Saw a lot of talk about this on Twitter and I completely agree. Where were the stoppages aside from the unfortunate incident in the 65th? Where were the stoppages that led to nine minutes? Also, even if you had nine minutes worth of stoppages, why on earth, after 90 plus minutes of playing in near 100 degree temperatures, are you going to let these allow these guys to play nine more minutes? It makes no sense. It's to me, that was, I don't know where they got that from. I have no earthly idea. I'm not going to sit here and get on a soapbox about it, but that to me was just very, very baffling. Maybe kind of some Homer uh, Homer work there on the... Actually, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't accuse Homerish behavior. Uh, but uh, yeah, that to me is uh, is very, very interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's really it for the big picture observations. A, a huge win for Minnesota United. Uh, we're talking six unbeaten. You're in, actually, if you haven't checked the standings for the Western Conference, go look at them. Because you will see Minnesota United there in the fifth spot. And they don't have a ton of games in hand on anybody else either. Actually, Houston behind them has played 11 matches. Minnesota United has played 10. So they they have a game in hand against Houston. And with them not playing midweek this week, they're going to have more games in hand moving forward. 
So you're in a very favorable position if you're a Minnesota United right now in that fifth spot. And to think this is where we are. Just, I don't know, you're talking six weeks ago, we were pulling the ripcord, pressing the fire alarm, just running around like chickens with our heads cut off, wondering what's going on with this team, right? A lot of doubt, a lot of what's going on. Uh, But I think this last six matches have shown that at full strength with the quality of players that they have, Minnesota United is one of the best teams in MLS. We talked about this team being stacked. Now we don't know obviously what's going to happen at the, at the left wing position moving forward, what that's going to look like. Uh, But I am pretty confident that let's say you lose your starting left winger if you're Minnesota United for, if not the rest of the season, an extended period of time. I'm completely okay. Nico Hansen filling in that left wing spot. If you're Robin Lute on the right, Nico Hansen on the left, Adrian Hanu up top and Reynosa behind, that's still, that goes from an A plus starting 11 to like an A minus starting 11 for me. Like there's not, I don't think much of a, of a difference when you're talking about the entire 11. Obviously there has been one guy that has been a major contributor over these two matches, but at the same time, or these three matches, I should say, but at the same time, when you get all these guys back, we talked to this roster stacked moving forward, right? So you should be able to withstand any sort of, uh, injuries or or otherwise missing of games and that's kind of all i'm going to really say about that uh grant says uh cold north rants what's this team ceiling results wise um i think when you look at the western conference right now and i'm actually going to look up the standings because i don't have them right in front of me in terms of points wise how far off minnesota united is from the top four western conference standings i need mls western conference standings Minnesota United has 14 points, two behind Colorado in the four spot. Colorado does have a game in hand. They are seven behind the Galaxy in third, nine behind Sporting Kansas City in second, and 11 behind the Sounders. So when you look at the standings, it's not, I guess, I mean, over the course of the the length of the season, it's not completely unrealistic to say they can't crawl back into maybe like top three, top two. But I mean, those teams of the top three are also playing really good. So you would have to make up a lot of ground. I don't know if you can do that with the way those teams are playing. Now, you're probably going to have, you know, statistically speaking, you're going to maybe have one of those three that kind of fall off, and maybe you can kind of take advantage of that. But when you're looking results-wise, I think top four should be what you aim for right now if you're Minnesota United. And that, to me, is such a upgrade from where we were just mid-May, right? We were just hoping that they would get back into the playoff discussion or back into the playoffs in general. Now you're talking about the five spot, potentially getting top four, getting to host a playoff match with fans at Allianz Field. Again, two years later, when you're a much better team than you were two years ago, I I think that's very, very doable. And so that makes that match July 7th against Colorado almost like a six-pointer, right? When you're talking about standings right now. So uh, that's very exciting to think about and very interesting to, to look at moving forward. We're only going to do this for a couple more minutes, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll let you guys get back to your Sunday here in a couple minutes. I do want to let you know that if you're watching on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. Um, we did address the off the field incident or the incident that happened on the field that has caused a lot of discussion after the match. Oh, we did discuss that at the very beginning. 
Um, I'm not going to go back and address that now. If you have any questions on that specifically, though, I will answer those before we get out of here or any questions about what happened in the match in general. Feel free to drop those uh, on Twitter or YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, again, give us that thumbs up. That is huge. Also, we're, we're dropping a lot of content on YouTube and on the podcast feed. Um, 10,000 pitches. We cover everything lower league, Minnesota soccer, college soccer, basically everything under that Minnesota United surface. We cover on 10,000 pitches every Friday it drops in your podcast feed. So if you're interested in that, feel free to go subscribe to that. If you're a fan of Forward Madison, as a lot of Minnesota United fans are, we have a new Forward Madison-centric podcast called Talk and Flock. Uh, myself and Rob Chapel from Madison 365. Um, we talk uh, Forward Madison every Monday, and that drops... Monday afternoon, early evening. Um, so go subscribe to that and listen to some of those more recent episodes. Uh, we have great interviews with people in and around the club, people in the flock, which is the Ford Madison supporters group. Um, we really just try to cover the team and the supporters group as best we can on that podcast. So go check that out. Also, plenty of college conversations and bonus content on the YouTube channel, which obviously includes post loons here. So tap that bell for notifications on YouTube if you want to be notified whenever we drop a new video or are going live. Um, and then also subscribe to any one of our uh, podcasts if you want to listen to those. Um, haven't got any new questions in. I'll stick around, though, for one more minute if you do have any questions. I'm going to continue kind of the housekeeping items here. So you can follow us on all socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at 10K Pitches. Um, and then uh, also, like I said, the podcast is available on any and all podcast platforms. Um, thank you so much for tuning in on a Sunday afternoon. I really do appreciate it. Um, I think the rain is holding off for now, so I'm probably going to go outside and play with my kiddos. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday as well. Um, and uh, hopefully any uh, any action that needs taken by Minnesota United or the league does so swiftly. I think the longer any investigation goes, the more there is for skepticism and for uh, you know people kind of jumping to conclusions. Uh, about things and i don't think that's necessarily good so hopefully this investigation gets handled quickly and action is taken um and obviously um if the alleged incident was uh true and it did happen uh mls and minnesota united should have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to it Last question here from Grant. Thoughts on gas for the first few games of the season versus the last four games or so. Um, I'm going to, I think the sample size for Gasper, I've always said the sample size for Gasper should outweigh what we've seen from him this season. Uh, early on in the season, he was not great. And it was more than just a few games. It was probably the first five matches, I would say, um, that he really was, this is a strong word, and I don't necessarily like using it when it comes to Minnesota United players, but he was, uh, you know, he was a liability back there. He really was. Some of his actions directly related to goals the opposite direction, right? Uh, but he has really stepped up his game in the last few matches. I think having Abasi next to him, I think more importantly, having a quality left winger in front of him is has done him wonders. I think when he has that support system around him, he's shown he can really flourish. It's another, I think, I, I don't necessarily think it's a... Uh, it's a coincidence that uh, when that support system's around him, he's doing really, really well. And so I, I do agree. He's his last few matches has been have been fantastic, um, and hopefully we see more of that moving forward. All right, guys, thank you so much for your questions, for your comments, for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Um, we will be back next Saturday for Post Loons, same time right after the match. 
Uh, so we're not going to go a day after or anything like that. So long as we don't get any heat advisories and get the, get the, uh, you know, the start time pushback it's at home. So, uh, at the very least it should be at a somewhat reasonable time. So we will be back then. Enjoy your July 4th week leading into July 4th, right? I'm actually going on vacation Wednesday through Friday with the family. So very excited about that. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great week and we will talk soon, uh, Saturday night on post loons. See ya.